You listen to jail. Well, I have his own line. I wish you could start over. So I'm like, you sound like that DMX song. Like Tisha, Trina. Right. <laughs> what these bitches want from Cali, man? Yeah. I mean, real talk about my dad. My dad was in the Air Force. And so he lived in Vietnam. And after that, he, right. was, a, he was in Germany. Right. He was a commercial airline pilot. Um, so he lived in, um, where else? He lived like in Panama, some shit like that. So like, he lived all over the place. So he told me, he was like, man, my dad didn't have me until he was 38. So he always told me, he was like, man, before you get married, he was like, he was like, man, explore. He was, like, that shit he was like, taste the rainbow. He was like, like explore every race you can. I, I was looking, I was like, a, a Colombian, uh, who else? I need my list. <laughs> but yeah, so, I don't know a lot, when I would not meet chicks and they tell me they're from like a different country, that kind of turns me on. I, I was hanging out with these chicks. I, I, I can tell you crazy as crazy as you know, what, what we want. Are you recording now? Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. So I can tell you crazy stories from all types of stuff, from doing Uber, Lyft, all types of stuff. Go in. Um, <clears throat> man, so um, I remember. Um, man, let me think. All right, Uber stories. Well, Uber, Uber stories. Uber okay, Uber so let's stories. set it up. Hold up. All, all right. right. So Uber stories. First off, this is episode forty-seven. <clears throat> this is episode 47 Kellen have you ever heard The Rojo Show The Road Show The Rojo Show Uh huh That's what you're on right now Say it again The, the Rojo Show How do you spell it R-O-J-O Oh Rojo Show Oh yeah Yeah, yeah. You fucking all these International bitches I know you know <laughs> I say Rojo nigga. <laughs> Come on man <laughs> This is episode 47 Of The Rojo Show You're the only per- You're the first person To be on the show That has never listened To the show Okay you need to fix that, bro. Okay, I got you. He's Dang, got, man. He's got to let me know when you put it on the link and I can listen to it and all that good stuff. It's on everywhere. You got a you got, you got got a Samsung phone like I got, so SoundCloud works well for you. Okay. You, I'm on SoundCloud. Okay. This is episode 47. Okay. That means I'm 46 episodes deep. Okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kellen, um, I met Kellen because he was my Uber driver. Yep. He picked me up. I was, was two years ago. I think so. Yeah. In the Saab. Yep. Yeah, man. In the that, Saab. That Saab has so many problems. Bumpy Saab. Man, I'm surprised I like didn't get didn't get flagged <laughs> for driving that car, man. Picked me up in the Saab. Um, what was you about to say? Well, not man. When I, when I look back at how many things I still have that car, I still sit in my garage. Okay. When I think about all the things that were wrong with that car, at one point in time, any given all this stuff was wrong with the car. No bump, no no muffler. Um, my my front window for my seat drop seat didn't roll down. My AC didn't work. The front door to get out of my car didn't work. So in order for me to get out of my car, I had to roll down the back window, reach my arm around, and unlock it from the front outside part of the car. Cause the window didn't roll down either. Damn. So some sometimes um, when I cut the car off, my key would get stuck in the ignition. Like the, the, like the, the key wouldn't come out the ignition. So sometimes I literally would leave my car on the street and my key would be in the ignition. So luckily for a sob, the key ignition is down by your hip. Oh, okay. So I would take like some papers or something like that and it. cover it up. And then um, what else? Um, I blew a tire one time. I took a piece of my fender off, off the front. My transmission was going bad. So sometimes when I drove people, my turbos would jump. So like if I was driving somebody, it would go out of nowhere. Or like if I was trying to come to a stop, I would jerk really, really hard right, right before I came to a stop because my, my, my transmission was jump, was like jumping crazy. 
Um, it, it, it was it was a bunch of stuff, man. Just just couldn't get right. That car is just an issue. But so with that car having all that issues, what year was it? Oh five. Which made it okay because it had to be newer than oh four. Yeah. Or did no, you no, start? No, it was oh six. It was oh six. Okay. Yeah, it was either either oh five or oh six. But it was it meet it met the Uber requirements, and then the background check really ain't shit. I mean, you really just got not gotta have like no crazy felonies and no dumb shit on there. Right, right. And pardon me, with that piece of shit car, like you was making legit bread. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, depending on how much I drove, I mean, back then. I mean, I was having weeks where I made like you know thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred dollars. I mean, when you're single, ain't got no kids, ain't got no real bills. I mean, that's bread. You, you can live all right. I don't have any crazy spending habits. And that was every week, or that was every two weeks. Every week, so I would get paid every week. This right. depending on how much I worked. Okay. Like, you know, I mean, I always tell people the thing about uh, working for yourself because I do Uber, Lyft, I do real estate stuff like that, and even. The work I do with the Big Ten Network, I still quote unquote work for myself because I'm contracted. Right, right. So the thing about working for yourself, you have a whole different mentality than the people who can show up to a nine to five job. Sure. Maybe maybe they work quote unquote eight hours a day, but doing that eight hours a day, they actually only do about three hours of real work. Right. Other time they're trying, they're kind of there. Sure. Staring off at the computer, looking at this, walking around to the office, talking to people, going to lunch, whatever. Versus like if I actually work eight hours a day for Uber, well, I'm I'm working. Like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm in the car driving. Right, right. I remember uh, this past uh, St. Patrick's Day, I counted between Uber and Lyft. I did my first ride at like eight o'clock in the morning that Saturday. I did my last ride at like three o'clock the next morning. I did sixty trips that day. Damn. Sixty trips in one day. Grinding. I mean, I made like seven hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And then that's what I tell people. I mean, man, like, I wish they had that hustle back when I was in college. Right, right. Because I, mean, I went to Chicago State, so I was. Oh yeah, you was, so right I, I was in the city. Everything. I mean, if you had told me when I was twenty-one years old, I could make an extra five hundred bucks a week, and back then I really had no bills. I was living been at, on it. Man, I was living at, the, at my mom's house. On it, crazy. Man, my yeah. college experience would have been that much more crazier. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. And then you were, I was actually going to this, um, which now is relevant, but um, when we met, although when we met, we did realize that like you went to Kenwood, I went to Jones, mm-hmm. we probably knew some of the same people. I remember, I think you knew um, my boy, Mr. Ron. I mean, he has, he still is Ron. Dark skin, like dark skin, kind of your complexion, um, heavier set. Willie? Yeah. Yeah, I know Willie. Yeah, Sketch. Sketch one eighty five. Yeah, yeah, I know Sketch. I know uh, Ian. His boy Ian. that used to be with him a lot. It was another guy too who um, who went there. He used to be a poet. I used to rhyme too. He played basketball too. He had Brian. Afro, yeah, Afro. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brian um, was my boy for a minute. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen some of them in years. I haven't seen uh, <coughs> Willie in a while. I seen. I ran into Brian not too long ago though. He's cool. Um, but yeah, so common interest, and then in Uber, you know, whenever you see a black person, number one. You know that you can uh, listen to some rap, <laughs> so you definitely had that shit on deck. Which I mean, we can't have you on without talking about that later. Yeah. And then um, I was actually going to Sir and Madam did a collaboration with Brooklyn Circus, okay, and they had an event, and that's actually where I was going to. That's not where you dropped me off at, but that's where I was going to. So, um, word. That's how I know Kellen. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we started following each other on Facebook and shit. And I think we ran into each other a couple other places. And I see all the other shit you were doing with the Big Ten Network and traveling. And then, um, 
doing the Uber thing. Like, but I feel like you do that, you do the Uber thing on like a big level. Like it's major. Like how like you're probably super concerned about this like this vote shit that's about to go down and like whether they get rid of it or not, right? Yeah, I mean well um what well, um, if if you didn't hear, uh the vote didn't pass. Oh, okay, bad. Yeah, it didn't pass. So Uber, so Uber and Lyft are gonna be in Chicago. But um, my, my thing about them, like um I have a very much like a hustle mentality, like sure. I, hate, I hate working for people and stuff like that. So I look at doing Uber and Lyft as a way for me to make more money to do real estate. So that's when I buy some more property because I wanna be able to eventually just I want to bust my ass now and be able to chill later. I got some other goals and stuff I want to do. So, like, you know, the hustle hard part now, um, I started Uber and Lyft when I was 27, now I'm 29. Okay. And and you kind of alluded to some of the points about, like, you know, one of the things I like about doing it, besides just the money and the time frame, I've met some cool people. Right. Some super down earth people. For sure. You know, guys and girls. Like, you know, just, just people in general. Where, like, I look at my life before... You know, I've met people and stuff like that, but I'll go out and do stuff. But, like, now I have a way where I'm actually making money and I can meet anywhere between 100 to 150, 200 new people every week just meeting people. That's what's up. And it's cool because, like, when you actually get a chance to talk to some people and have real conversations, you know, you can learn a lot of times, you can learn a little bit of something from everybody in life, mm-hmm. you know? So, and just just perspective you gain from me. Actually, I got a crazy story on yesterday from Uber. Some shit that happened. You know? What happened? So, um, about a month ago, I picked up this uh, Romanian guy. I picked him up off of like 22nd and like Western. Like, you know, all those are kind of like uh, big uh, warehouse type buildings. Like, they have like a few, stu- um, I think a few studios over there yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So I pick him up. He hops in my car. He's all like sweaty and stuff like that. And uh, I think he just, like, just got done playing soccer. So he and I are talking. And honestly, man, you know, doing, doing Uber and Lyft really made me realize like the type of attention people pay to the car you drive. Like, you know, the the amount of people that would talk to me, which was a lot back when I had that Saab, compared to me having the Jeep Wrangler I drive, it's because I, you know, right. hooked it up, did some stuff to it. Like, you know, people talk to me a whole different way. Of course. Like, you know, people, you know, people hop in the car, oh man, I, I know how much these cost, man. Like, yeah, yeah. What, what do you do for a living again? Like, <laughs> you know, people, you know, people aren't stupid. So, um, I pick them up, and uh, we, you know, we're talking the entire way, like you know, and so I dropped him off at um, his house where he was living. It was like okay. off of like Fairbanks, in Ohio, so but down by Navy Pier. For sure. So before he gets out the car, he was like, "Hey, um, are you gonna have any free time in like the next few weeks or so?" And I was like, "Well, this depends on like you know what it is and stuff." He was like, "Okay, well the reason why I'm asking is because I got these girls from Romania who are coming to the U.S. for the first time." And like, you know, he was like, you got this nice Jeep Wrangler, I think it'll be cool. Like, you know, we can ride around one day with them and like have the doors off and stuff like that. And he was like, you know, if, uh, you know, give me your number, I'll keep in touch with you. And like, you know, I'll let you know they're going to be here. All right. All right, cool. And then he showed me a picture of a few of them. Okay, cool. Look, look cute. And so even crazier. I mean, I asked, like Romania. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I asked him, I was like, well, like, you know, do you think they'll like me? And he looked at me. He was like, oh, yeah, they'll definitely like you. And I was like, why? He was like, because they already asked me about black guys. Because in Romania, we don't have any black guys. He's like, so they would love to talk to you. He's like, they already, they already asked me. They already, they already told me they want to they wanna meet some black guys when they come here. Uh-uh. Uh, I was like, okay. So um, we... Um, uh, so yes, so yesterday was the day. Okay. Yesterday was the day that they came in town. So I picked up old boy. It's crazy. So I met him, and like he's uh, he's twenty seven, twenty seven from Romania. He and one of his other partners from Romania just started like a 
like a, a trucking, like logistics type company. Okay. So they, he was he was telling me all about like you know they got eight drivers who drive for their driving trucks and stuff, and because they're just starting out, sometimes they still have to drive and blah blah blah, you know. And then um, him and his partner, like his partner has like this Audi S4. Then like you know he also drives like this uh, six series coupe BMW. So he like tossed me the keys yesterday, like let me take the BMW for a spin. Crazy. And then um, the office they have is out by O'Hare, so we went to the airport, picked up the chicks. And then um, uh, he, he did it on purpose. We went back to the house. Then we went back to the office where the BMW was. And then he took the BMW. He took one of the girls with him. And he left the other girl with me. Right. And then we drove back to um, his other house on Ohio and Fairbanks down there and hung out for a while. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. Let's see where I saw your picture. And I, I know that the listeners can't see it, but... You could tell, like, you know, he, he ain't put me down no, no trash. Like, I mean, right, right. Like, I was like, oh, okay, like, this, this ain't bad. Like, you know, like, it, it kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, because. Yeah, so, yeah, this, this is a girl who's with me. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's not bad at all. You know, so I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, it's. You know, so it, so it, it, I mean, that's something I, just, I stumbled into because I was driving Uber. Now, not only. Now, whether. You know, me and the chicks end up fucking or whatever. But besides that point, like, sure. you know, now I, I got a contact who I know, who, somebody who's younger than me, who has his own business, who's from Romania. Right. Now I met those two chicks who are in Romania. Like, sure. you know, so, like, you just, you make connections, like, all types of, like, craziness. That's what's up. You know? That's what's up. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the short time I drove for Uber, like, I met some pretty cool people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, but every type of race, background, creed you could imagine. Yeah. Like, like literally, like, like, yeah, like if I typed, if I went to my contacts and typed in Uber into my phone, I mean, a bunch uh, of people, a hundred people pop up probably. If I typed in Lyft into my phone, another fifty people pop up, and the people who I just follow, you know, follow on Instagram, they follow me and blah blah blah. What are some things you don't like about driving for Uber and Lyft? Mm. Every blue moon, you can get, like, some stuck-up, snotty customers. But honestly, like, I don't get that too often, you know. And, you know, and I have a very, like, strong personality. So if somebody hops in my car and they have an attitude, I'll, I'll check them about it real quickly. Like, you know, if if I say, hello, how's your day going? And you shout an address back at me and say, hello, I'm doing good. How's your day going? I'll correct you really quickly. And I'll be like, um, let's try this again. <laughs> <laughs> hello, how are you doing today? Oh, and then like, I've done it before, and people realize what they just did to me before, how it was rude. But like, I'm sorry, like you know, I, you know, I was going. Yeah, on and then that's some shit. Like even if like, cause my thing was, I was thinking like, man, what if they complained about that shit? But like, what are they gonna say? Like my driver forced me to be nice, and, like forced me to say hello. Yeah. Like, what type of shit is that? No, I, I, I'll check people because like you know, I mean to me, and, and I really realized this, like you know, I. I, I felt like I did a good job before. Mm-hmm. I was driving Uber and Lyft as far as making sure like, you know, I'm out in public, I'm like, you know, at a restaurant, my waiter, my waitress, and stuff like that, like, you know, make sure I'm nice to them. But now because I, I have a job where... You're in the service industry. Exactly. And, like, you know, so, you know, I, I'm not a robot. Like, you know, so... Right. So I, it, it makes it, it... It makes it a lot easier and better talking to people when they're nice and nice back to them versus like you know you don't want anybody talking to you like you like they're addressing you like you're below them type yeah. thing. you know Definitely. I, and I, I don't every blue moon that, that kind of will happen and sometimes like in the back of my mind like when people do that I'll be driving them to their whatever job they have in the back of my mind my man I make more money than you do and like you know I I own I own two houses like you right. know I, I you know I 
I'm, I'm doing better life than you doing. You're talking to me like you know like I'm below you, which, right, which exactly. I don't, you know instead of addressing me like a normal human being. But I'll say for every ten people I pick up, usually eight or nine are cool. I don't I don't get I'm, you don't really get any dicks really. Yeah. I mean every blue moon. I mean it's it's the 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 law of numbers. I mean if you meet enough people, you'll get somebody who's like sure. you know, whatever. But yeah, for the most part, everybody everybody's nice. Trump supporters. Yeah, <laughs> driving some people off at the rally. Yeah, you know, so it's a bit it's unique though. But even you know what though, like you know, I always tell people, you can learn something from everybody. So like you know, sometimes even if I met people who were like that, I would still like to have a conversation with them, just to sure. learn why their mindset is the way it is. Like you know, so I mean, it's you can you can take something from everybody. Like, you know, instead of saying, oh, they're stupid, why do you support him? Like, you know, okay, like, you know, I don't support him, but, like, you know, what, why do you, like, what, 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 what's the, how do you feel like him being in office will make your life better? <laughs> you know, opposed to a Democrat being in office, how, you know, how do you feel, how do you feel that would make your life worse? Right, right. That type of thing. You know, so I, but either way, I mean, I mean, cool people doing it. Doing Are you a Trump it. supporter, Calvin? No. I mean, he's a hustler, man. No. Trump got bread, he's in <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Seems like y'all got a lot of yeah, crap. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, I, I'll, I'll, but you know what though? But but he's a hustler that's different because he didn't come from, he he didn't come from nothing. Right. Like, I mean, his his dad left him. I don't know what was like hundred million dollars or some some ridiculous. I thought it was ten, but whatever it is. Even if it was I mean, ten, yeah, ten is enough. To e- get even, so even, much shit off the ground. Exactly. Even if it was, if somebody gave me ten million dollars right now, I guarantee you, I could, I could like, my, the rest of my life would be okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you oh, know. Yeah. So that that's that. So yeah, it's one thing to respect somebody's hustle who came from nothing. Right. Like you know, it's like you know, let's say you take somebody like like a Jay Z. Sure. Somebody who came from nothing, versus like you know, somebody who came from something like him, even though his his dad is nowhere near to what he is now. Mm-hmm. So okay, so he had to have. I'll give him that. He had to have some smarts to get to where he is today. Sure. You know, but you had he had a head start. He had a hell of a head start. <laughs> Yeah, and then like I don't even know how many how much smarts you really have to have. Like if you have, you just have to have like one positive attribute. And if you have enough money, like you'll run into enough situations. Even if you fuck up in some of them, like even if you go and you're fifty percent, like you'll fuck up and mess up and fuck up and mess up, and then you'll make some big wins. Especially when you're playing with that kind of money. Exactly. So yeah, no, it's um. I mean, if you keep on shooting, you'll hit something eventually. Right, exactly. You know, so uh, yeah, when you're when you're playing at that level, I mean, you, you can win big, you can lose big. Right. But usually, once you get, even if you lose big, you can gain it back because if you're in that playing field, right. you know the people who can help put you in the right situations. One so move can like put you right back on top. Exactly. And that's the issue where people who start from nothing, you're fighting just to get into that type of crowd that can get you into type of deals, right. and, like, you know, just having the access to that. And you can't afford that L. Exactly. You know, like a lot of times it, when you accumulate the funds to even get into that type of realm of business or whatever, like you don't have that money to like lose. Right. Like everybody is like counting on it, you know, right. like. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it holds true in my life in the same mm-hmm. extent. Just my numbers of what I can lose are nowhere near what he can lose and be okay. Sure. Like I could, you know, knock on wood, like you know, I can lose seven thousand dollars today. Right. I would still be okay. Sure, sure. It sure. would suck, but I'll be like, okay, like no, I'm, hey, you know, my, my world my world will keep on 
concerning. Right, right. You know, versus him, he could lose seven million dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> you know, it, the market. It, it was sucking. Like you know, nobody. Like, uh, but like, all right, his world will keep on turning. Right. You know, versus you take somebody in the hood who barely has a dollar to their name, and they they could lose a hundred bucks. And I mean, that that's messed Shatter up. They they, 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 that could mess them up for the next two weeks. Right. You know. I mean, because I've always had conversations with people about, like, you know, when you drive past these uh, real nice areas, like, you know, where people have million-dollar homes and stuff like that, like, you know, you have to remember at the end of the day, some of those people are just as broke as somebody in the hood. You know, some of those people are still living check-to-check. Right. Only difference is their check-to-check is a lot higher sure. than somebody else in the hood's check-to-check. Like right. somebody had expenses, too. Somebody, somebody, somebody in the hood, their check-to-check a month, their income could be $2,000 a month. Versus somebody in the Gold Coast, their check to check could be a hundred thousand dollars a month. But if they make a hundred thousand dollars a month and they spend a hundred five thousand dollars a month, right. you're just they're just as broke as somebody in the hood who makes two grand a month and who spends twenty five hundred a month. Sure, you know, a credit whatever. And, that, and actually, the person in the Gold Coast could damn near be worse off because the more money you have, the more debt you can get into. Sure. If all you have is two grand a month to your name, you can't really get into nobody's gonna give you. You can't get into too much credit card right. debt. Nobody's gonna give you anything, you know. Only difference is that the person who's making that hundred grand a month, if they figure out a way to scale back whatever they're buying or spend so much money on, they have a lot more money. And I always tell people, money doesn't bring you happiness. Money brings you options. Right. Money brings you options of what you can do. <laughs> you know, when, I, I've experienced it both ways. I've lived like you know when I was playing uh, minor league baseball, I lived without money, and I've lived with money. I like living with money a lot better. Sure. You know, and it's not even about like you know being able to buy this, buy that. Sometimes it's more so about just okay, like you know, a lot of times people don't realize when you're stressed out and stuff like that. A lot of times, you just have money to take care of the problem that was stressing you out if you yeah. go away. When you, have, when, you, when, you, when you have enough money to make certain problems go away, like let's say, you know, today your car breaks down, it costs $1,000 to fix. That's nothing. Exactly. If you can, if you can go pay for it, it's right. like whatever, okay? It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's still inconvenient. It's still a hassle, but if you have the money to just go write a check or swipe yeah. a car, it's just, it's, it's just the time. Exactly. Right. Versus if, if your car broke down and it costs 1000 bucks to fix, and all you have is 200 bucks in your bank account, right. You're screwed. Right. That's when you start stressing. Oh my God, what am I going to do? I need, I need to get to work, blah, blah, blah. You know, so. I have to rob a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> All types of, yeah, I remember, um, who, what, who, who said that? Uh, that's what bothered me now. It wasn't Jay, was it Jay-Z? Freeway? What, uh, oh, Fabulous. Fabulous had a line. We said, um, they say money is a root of, yeah, they say money is root of all evil I thought, but when I'm broke is when I usually have my evilest thoughts. Oh, right. That's when the arm that's when the arms come out, like sleeves with a short. Yeah. And more and more bullets and yeah, more bullets in your favorite wide receiver is caught. Yeah. Randy Mossberg, Steve Smith, a messenger, the shooters pop up like it's the messenger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fabulous. That was yeah, fabulous from a mixtape. Yeah. I mean it's true, you know. Yep. That's what this nigga, um, Joe Rogan, I see he was saying, like, once he, like, got his first big check, he, like, could just breathe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have to worry about bills. He didn't have to worry about mm-hmm. other shit. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of, like, that's really kind of, like, when life starts. Because, like, people spend so much of their life, like, worried about the money that they need to make. Mm-hmm. 
to pay bills, if they just had the money to pay bills, they'd be able to like think about other shit. I mean, one of my mentors told me he was like, work as hard as you can while you're young to get money out the way, so you actually get to live it. Yeah. And once you have money, you can just focus on other things. Most definitely. You know, just be out living life, actually enjoying yourself. And so, like you know, the money always. Been. Usually, for a lot of people, the money is the limiting factor. You know, sometimes it can be time. Like, you know, let's say you have a job. Right. You can get off, but even if you get off, you don't have enough money to go to where we want to go for vacation and stuff like that. Sure. You know, or if you have the money, you don't have the time. So, like, you know, try to work as hard as you can, young as you can, so you have both of those when you get a little older. You know? And my goal always was, like, you know, I wanted to... My dad always told me, he was like, you're... It's a lot easier to enjoy the beaches of the world when you're 30 versus when you're 50. Right. And he was like, you know, go do that. He was like, man, work as hard in your 20s while you're young. He's like, he was like, a lot of people... Uh, he's like, a lot of people waste their 20s. Mm-hmm. A lot of people waste... He's like, a lot of people waste their 20s. He's like, what he meant by that is a lot of people, maybe they went to college and stuff like that. So by the time they're done with that, they're 22, 23. You know, maybe if they do a decent job and they get out of college, they'll, like, go rent some apartment, like, you know, some happening neighborhood downtown and stuff like that. He's like, you know, they'll look up. They'll be 24, 25, 26. No savings really kind of blowing a lot of the money going out, going to the club, going traveling and stuff like that. And then when they get to their late 20s, early 30s, maybe then they think about settling down and stuff like that instead of grinding, stacking, saving money, investing in their 20s. Like a lot of people do like they, they waste their 20s. You know, a lot, I mean, if you really think about it, a lot of people do that. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people, like, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they write it off as, oh, I was young, I was having fun, but you'll pay for those mistakes in your 30s and 40s and 50s. Versus if you stack and really like go hard and grind and invest in your 20s, especially because if you're in a position like me where no kids, I have no student loan debt, um, I own the place where I live, so I, I pay a mortgage. I don't, I don't pay for an apartment, you know, and it's, it's a four unit apartment building anyway. Like the biggest biggest debt I have is driving my damn car. Right. You know. So. But you can afford. That can be. I mean, that thing. That car is so many things for you. Know, like that car is like your major personal experience. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's that, also like how you make other money. I mean, no, that that car is my house. I, I spend more time in that car than I do my house. And it's fun, like you exactly. enjoy it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like it's almost like a recreation for you too. Exactly. So I mean it's but most people they do it the other way. They have too much fun in their twenties and then by the time you wanna be in your thirties and you wanna be so settled down, wanna have a wife and have some kids, it's a lot harder to save when yeah. you gotta take care of a wife and kids. Most definitely. I, I can sit I can gladly sit in an MDS apartment with no cable, no internet. And I can be all right. I can wear I can wear gym shorts and a t-shirt every day. And like you know, I'm fine. You know, versus you don't have cable or internet. I haven't lived in the house with cable or internet in six years. What do you do? Well, a lot of times I'm not home. But right. when, I, when I am at home, I just you know, I mean, this is, I mean, it's like having I mean, your phone these days is like having a computer in your hand. So do you watch TV and you watch shows on your phone or anything. My, my mentor, listen to music. My mentor, one of my mentors told me that um, TV is the electronic income reducer. Say it again. TV is the electronic income reducer. Because mm. all, all you're doing is watching people who make millions of dollars. All you do is watching them work. He's that person that you could be, especially, you know, and actually that even, that even goes back to Uber and to Lyft. Because now, what that stuff has really taught me 
is it really makes me analyze how I spend my free time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because is sitting at home between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. on a Tuesday night going to make me any better as far as, like, you know, making money, saving money? Like, you know, maybe I can read, maybe I can study something, depending on what it is. Or, like, you know, because of Uber or Lyft, I have the option, hey, I can go out on those two, three hours, and I can go make an extra $75, right. or whatever it is. That's more, that's more money I'm making when I'm sitting at home. Sure. You know, even after, you know, my gas expenses and blah, 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 I'm still making money. It's more money than I'm making this at home doing nothing. Definitely. So, no, I haven't had... I haven't had internet or cable since I was living at my mom's house when I was in college. And um, I watch, um, I don't have Netflix, I don't, I don't have an account. Um, I still buy DVDs. I go like to Reckless Records and stuff, sure. I buy and use DVDs, I buy them for like $2, $3, $4. Like today, this morning actually, I put on an episode of the Boondocks I was watching. Um, I bought the full season two on DVD, for, I think for like $5 one day. So I watch I watch the Boondocks. I watch, I watch um, I watch TV series, but they'll be on DVD when I buy them. So I want so I don't spend money on Netflix or Hulu or any of that stuff or Comcast, Xfinity, no Wi-Fi, nothing. I mean, if that's an extra hundred and fifty bucks or whatever it costs per month I save, you know. So save. what do you spend money on? You spend money on your car. You spend money on music and movies. Yeah, more so music. More, more so music than movies. Okay. Yeah, so I've, I've been in the process of um, updating my car. Like, that, that's been fun. You know, and also paying it off extra. Sure. Yes, yeah, so I've been... So I, I think I have like a five-year note, but I should be done paying it probably like two, two years or three years. So I'm going to chop that thing down. And um, I've been paying extra a couple hundred a month or so, so that's, that's good. And, um, yeah, yeah, so buy a, lot of, buy a lot of music. Man, I have so much music. God. In, in my house... I think I have, you gotta, you gotta come over one day so you can see them. In my house, I have probably like 900 CDs, and I have um, about 300 vinyls, probably like 200 plus DVDs, and uh, my mom also collected music. So in her basement, in the house I grew up in, she probably has another five to 600 vinyls in her basement. And she already told me I'm gonna take them. And uh, my mom is 67, 66, 67. So she has like, you know, original pressings, like, you know, from Motown, like, you know, Smokey Robinson, Miracles, Temptation, David Ruffin, Eddie Kendrick solo records, like, you know, the Commodore. She has all types of stuff down there. That's what's up. I got a crazy lick on um, some records. This, uh, one of my friend's mentor's wife, shouts out to Chef Coco. She, um, she used to work for the Reader. Mm-hmm. Like back in the seventies, and she used to get all of like the uh, promotional pressings. Yeah, she had to write reviews on them and stuff. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So I got like three old school mail, those metal mail crates, mm-hmm. like three of those full of like Ohio players, Carlos Santana, mm-hmm. Doobie Brothers, like black shit and white shit. You know what's weird, man? I mean, I always bought music. I still remember the first CD I bought when I was nine years old. I walked to the Circus City from, um, I grew up between uh, 98th and Vanderpool and 116th and Campbell. I grew up on 93rd and Vanderpool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I grew up between those two places. I remember the first CD I bought, I walked. Circus City at the Plaza? Walked Circus City at the Plaza. 
and I bought the Roots Illadelph Half Life. Okay. Came out in '96. I was nine years old, and I remember I remember that was my first CD I remember buying. And like even I remember, um, I always liked hip hop. I could I just loved it. I mean I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you why. I always loved hip hop. You know, and I, I like some R and B and stuff like that. But like that, the, the love for R and B kind of came a little bit more as I've gotten older, like right, right. now. But um, you fucking yeah, I guess yeah. You know, you know, you know, you know, hey, you know, you know, you know, something like I have some music on my iPod and in my car because it's for women. Of course. I mean, remember, um, remember, uh, Cat Williams? I think he was doing a stand up in Chicago, and he was talking about the stuff he had in his house for women. Right. He was like, you know, I don't drink Alize, but bitches do. That's what that is. That's what he was like. I don't use. I don't drink no motherfucking Alize, bitches do. That's why I got that shit. He's like, why you got some pillows? In case a bitch don't feel like wrapping her hair, she can lay down the pillow. She got my muscle up her hair trying to fuck with a nigga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so so some of the stuff I definitely have on my iPod and stuff like that, you know, for for for, for women. Sure. And like, you know, I may I may like it to a certain extent. But um You can't drive around in that big ass truck by yourself bumping Yeah. Bump bumping. Any R. Kelly. <laughs> None, no R. Kelly by yourself. Well, actually, Unless it's like R. Kelly and Fat Joe or like actually uh funny you say that, so I remember uh I actually, I just posted the status on Facebook. Sometimes when I'm bored and I'm doing like the Uber pool trip, and I say like, you know, you have a guy and a girl hop in the car, but they don't know each other. Oh, right. If I'm bored, I'll put like some R. Kelly on or something, oh, just, just just to make the mood awkward to say everybody yeah, in the car together. I saw that post. Yeah, I'll put on some Bump and Grind. I'll put on some Donnell Jones or something like that. Hilarious. But um, that's rude. But doing Uber over these past two years, that really has like kicked my kicked my 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 music buying into like a whole different like drive because what happens is now I'm always in Wicker Park, Logan Square, these north side neighborhoods where they still have the record stores and stuff like yeah. that. So I remember when I was first started when I was first driving Uber two years ago back when I still had that sob, if I was if I had some downtime and I was in Wicker Park, a lot of times I would park my car on Ashland between the division and between Augusta. Okay. And I was sitting in my car. I used to always drive past Dusty Grooves. Dusty Grooves. And I was like, man, let me go in there one day. So I went in there one day, and I was like, yo, they got tons of stuff in here. I mean, I was buying stuff for $2, $3. I was seeing brand new vinyls of, like, Big L, the Lifestyles, and Rich and Danger. I mean, I was like, man, this. I'm like, I've been driving past this shit this whole time. Right. And then I started then, once I saw that store, I started noticing all the others. So I started noticing Reckless. I started noticing Logan Hardware. And then when I would go into those stores, I'd meet other people who would say, oh, yeah, try this store, try that store. I mean, they're, they're, a lot of people don't know that there's a record store inside Reggie's. Yeah, I used to work there. Yeah. Like, I have a record store in Reggie's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, yeah, I, I went in there, I found um, a vinyl copy of um, Kids in the Hall, of um, the second album, The In Crowd. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. I had knowledge, I had knowledge sign it for me. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You know, so that so over the past two years, I've probably bought at least maybe close to like five hundred CDs in the That's past two years, and including another one fifty whatever vinyls. I've bought three in the last three days. CDs. When I saw you, when I ran into you at Reckless, yeah, I was buying Reasonable Doubt for twentieth anniversary, right? And then the other day, I just bought. Um, Phrenology. Okay, the roots. And um Pussy Pussy Galore from that idea. Pussy Galore. Rocky. Uh, yeah. Break You Off. Yeah. Um 
and uh, 36 Chambers. Okay. But that's because I'm doing it more so because like, I have this car. Well, my, my car has a CD player and my aux cord, my aux thing is broken. Okay. So I'm just like bumping CDs. No, I mean, you know, I, had, I was actually having a conversation with a girl today about this. I mean, I like having, ideally, I would like to have CD form on my laptop and on my hard drive, all my music. So I have it in three locations. Yeah. Because like, like I told you earlier, I'm looking at moving to Hawaii. So I can't take all that music right, to right. Hawaii. And the only down part is I have a Mac, but that shit is like full to the yeah. max. So I would like to gotta get you a, an external. Like a terabyte or some shit. Yeah, I, I have an external, but I bought it back like in 07, 08. So it has like a big ass platform. You right, gotta plug right, it right. into the wall. They got terabyte externals that are like size of my cell phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a terabyte this big. So I actually need to go buy one, actually. The one I got is 500. I actually just got put into a, a new case. This is, this is 500. Yeah. So you need terabytes like that now. Exactly. But see, but in order to put the music on here, you have to turn it onto your computer first. Though. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't have any room on my laptop. Right. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've had that issue before. Yeah. So, like, that, that's the thing in order just to get it on here. Right, I need right. to. I was actually, like, low-key, I'm, like, really debating about putting, like, an ad up on Facebook or Craigslist saying, hey, who wants to come to my house? And oh, there are people that'll do that for And burn all these damn CDs for What me. they'll do is they'll, you'll, you can drop your collection off to them and they'll give you back a thumb drive. Mm. Yeah, and then from the thumb drive, all you gotta do is just drag and drop like you would do anything else. But there are people that'll do it for sure. Mm. There's people that'll do it with vinyl because you know, I've got the the um, the turntable mm -hmm. that you can you know that comes with the USB and you can yeah. like digitally like you can transpose your records into. I'm not finna sit around and do all that shit. Right. Like it was cool when like I was like making little beats and like I was like pulling something from. But then I got a, um, but then I got a, uh, a fucking interface, mm -hmm. and then, like, I didn't even need the turntable like that. So, like, I could do it, but... Yeah, see, like, my thing, like, when I look at how many CDs I have, and, like, only a portion of them are even on my, um, my, uh, my laptop now. Right. And also, my other thing, I download, I used to download, back when I was living with internet, I used right, to right. download mixtapes like Clockwork. Like clockwork. Yeah, that actually, that, that's the one thing. Besides, I would like to have internet that would make a lot of things more convenient. Cause like you know, I'm not nearly on my laptop as much anymore as I used to be. I'm on, right. my, on my phone. But like, if I um, man, datpiff.com, I would always be looking at two dopeboys.com. Yeah. Um, back when I was in college, when I was like super into fashion, I'd be looking at hype beasts and stuff like that. You know. So that would definitely make my, my buying mixtapes easier. Because um, now if I really, if, if I find out a mixtape drop that I leave one download, I have to go to like, my mom's house and like, right. this is your Wi-Fi download real quick. Or, um, like when, Fab, when Fabulous, when his summertime shootout came out, sure. I had to actually go to my mom's house just to download it, you know? Which is fine, but out of convenience. Your parents live in Hyde Park? No, I grew up in Beverly. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Sure. They still I, live in Beverly? Yeah, my dad lives in uh, Flossmoor, and my mom lives in Beverly Hills. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah but um, yes, yeah, so, all yeah, even though I went to Kenwood, I always came to High Park. School. What grammar school did you go to? I went to Ray. Ray on Fifty Six and Kenbark. So I, okay. I grew up in Beverly my entire life. I never went to school in Beverly. Okay, because I went to Kellogg. Yeah, over on, on, in North Beverly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I never went to. A lot of my friends went to Clissold and Southern. Actually, you know, to this. <laughs> 
all my cousins who lived in Washington Heights are yeah, Washington Heights off like 107th and like um, like Morgan, Green, Halstead, Sangamon. They all use my address to go to Sutherland. Oh, okay. Because we didn't go there. Right, right. We went to Ray. Oh, that's crazy. But like literally, my cousin they sent their entire son, all five kids, to Sutherland. Using our address. That's crazy. I think, uh, yeah, I think I know some people that went to Ray. I feel like my friend Monica might have went to Ray. And I think my boy Will might have went to, I don't think, I think Will went to Beasley. I don't know. Will what? Will James. I don't know. I don't know, man. Anyway. That's what's up. What, so you say the first CD you bought was? Roots. Roots. Illinois Half-Life. Did you always gravitate towards, like, what then was popularly coined as conscious rap? Yeah. I can say that. Um, yeah, I, um, I mean, a lot, a lot of, um, well, I, I guess back then, maybe I was into, like, more, like, underground, underground rap. So not necessarily conscious, but underground. Like, I love those, um, uh, the Liberty's Lounge CDs that used to come out. Okay. Living the Versus Lounge, Volume One, Volume Two. Sure. I remember there's a, there's a sound bombing. Yeah, sound bombing. There's a track on the Lyricist Lounge, this one, um, "Keep Pouring" mm-hmm. by uh, Matrix and Eight Butter. I still know that song like word for word. Mm-hmm. When I first heard it when I was ten years old. Now see, when I think of underground, I thought you was gonna say like like Cannibal Ox. Not really got to get it, really. No. No. You know who they are though. Yeah, I know who they are, but I never got into them. Hmm. I, I just kind of started getting into like uh, Jedi mind tricks and those okay. guys and stuff like that. Actually, I, I, I've been um, I bought um, a CD from Self Titled. Self Titled, he's one of the guys who kind of rolls with that whole clique, the Demi right. guys and stuff. And I've gotten into Apathy. Okay. I've gotten into him. Actually, I, I just bought a few. Of his, I just bought a few of his CDs. I bought um, Weekend at the Cape. I bought that from uh, Reckless. And I bought um, One to Snuggle. I, actually, I found that at um, Amoeba okay. out in uh, Hollywood. Yeah whenever, I, yeah, whenever I go to Amoeba out in L.A., but I spend like 200 bucks at least usually. Fuck a little brother? Of course. I bought I bought their first CD, The Listening, from Dr. Wax. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what's up. Back when it came out in 03. Yeah. I've seen, I saw, I saw Fonte in concert at the Abbey Pub, I want to say in 2011. Hmm. My mom is an event planner, so my entire life she's always had connections for tickets. Right. I've gone to so many concerts. That's crazy. So I've seen it. so many people in concert. So many people. I I, I can I can sit here for the next ten minutes and name people I've seen. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not for ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen and then and then especially now, because I'm older, even like, you know, my mom doesn't have the same connections. They're not there that they used to be. But even now, like a lot of the artists I want to see, they'll be performing at places like, man, I'm not gonna lie. When I found out the shrine was closing, man. that shit, I, I felt like the piece of like my young adulthood was like gone. Yeah. I saw so at the shrine alone, I saw the clips, EPMD, Pete Rock, CL Smooth, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Dwelle, um, who else? L Varner, um, Talib Kweli. Um, I mean, J Ru the Damager. I was there one night and Common performed, The Roots performed. Um, I tried? Yeah. Really? Um, Zoe Kravitz opened up for. Um, really? How's she looking person? 
not as good. Well, number one, I think Zoe Kravitz is extremely overrated. Really? Extremely overrated. Because I was just watching that movie, uh, Dope, just like two days ago. Extremely and like, overrated. And like in Dope, she looked dope. I was like, man, this, this girl's bad. She, she looks okay in Dope. She don't look better than the girl that with the titties out. Which one? The one that came when they came to the door. Oh, oh no, she's bad. She look better yeah, yeah, than no, her. No, 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 no. She, she's not bad. Than she her. doesn't look better than the gay girl. She doesn't. Bro, that's who you need to see. Like when she's not like outside that movie. Really? Okay. She's bad. Really. Zoe Kravitz is extremely overrated. I've seen her a couple times. I saw her at the. Uh, she she, t- she looks tiny. She's tiny. She's she's kind of small. But like I saw her at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. Okay. And. She's okay. You saw her up close? Yeah. yeah. She's nowhere near as hot as her mom when they were the same age. Okay. Nowhere near. Mm. Not at all. Yeah. She's actually kind of weird looking. Really? And not weird looking in that weird way that makes you hotter. <laughs> like, she's kind of weird looking like, I don't know, like if she was a puppy, you wouldn't take her because you think she might die in two weeks. <laughs> Crazy. She seems cool though. Like she hangs with all the people in that circle. Yeah. The girls with the septum piercings that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, like full yeah. matadors and shit. I think it's kind of sexy on some chicks, honestly. But some chicks, you would tell they just get it because like that vibe is cool now. Yeah. Mm. Like that's why I asked about like the conscious rap shit because like I got on conscious rap because. Um, like I was right like my cousin was where I got most of my music from my older female cousin and like she did like some conscious rap if she did rap it was conscious rap like she didn't she wasn't she had a cassette tape of the chronic and like Snoop but like during that time like nobody didn't have those albums yeah you kind of had to have those I think I think you know one of the things I look at now is um I don't I don't regret when I grew up but sometimes I wonder if I was 10 years older. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if I was in high school when right. the infamous from Mob Deep came out. Sure. Like, you know, only built for Cuban links. If I, if, I was, if I was 17 or 18 years old in 1995, 1996, 1994, like, you know... That'd be fucking crazy. I could have... The music that came out then, I could have appreciated it to a whole different level yeah. than now. Like, you know, by the time... Like, you know, I, I heard some of that. I, I, I still remember when I was... Um, you know, I would have been eight years old watching, like, you know, Ice Cream from Ray Kawan or sure. MTV and stuff like that. Like, that was cool. But, like, you know, I didn't really know what the song really meant for real. Right, like, right. You know, until you get older. Like, you know, so I, I, I often wonder how my experience would have been. Like, you know, if I, I'm 29 now. If I was 39 and I was, like, you know, hearing that stuff, like, you know, when I was 15, sure. 16, 17 years old, like, my appreciation for it was so much different. And, or, go ahead, go ahead. And just... At that time, that was the popular music. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, like, imagine, like, when you, because, like, think about when you talk to even women who are older, women who are 35 and up, maybe, who, who like hip-hop, that's what they listened to back then. Right. Like, back then, the whack shit was considered, like, bad boy, like, like, the jiggy stuff. Like, you know, that was considered, like, you know, not good by hip-hop heads. Sure. But, like, when I look back on that stuff now, I'm like, man, that shit that, like, you know, Puffy was doing back in 97, that's way better than the nonsense that's going on now. Yeah. Like, not even, not even close. I feel like that too like that kind of leads to the point I was about to make like it also would probably affect like our views on certain rappers 
Because, yeah. like, I was thinking about, like, if we were older and, like, like there's a lot of dudes that are, like, 10 years older than us that kind of clown Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Like, Jay-Z for a long time was, like, following behind Jazz O or following behind Big L or following behind Biggie. Like, he was kind of, like, a lackey. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you take an artist like LL Cool J, who kind of, like, formed, like, came, was at, like, a, for, a fork in hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, when him and, um, who did the Wild Wild West? Will Smith? No, the original. Oh, Kumo D. When him and Kumo D battled, like, niggas could have, if, if LL had lost that battle, like, niggas could have been rapping like Kumo D. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How horrible would that shit be? Yeah. But, like, LL was, like, basically the same age as Jay-Z, but, like, I mean, I think when people talk about LL tomorrow, how, like, you know, he makes so many songs for the women and stuff like that. I mean, people don't realize, I mean, that man, he first came on the scene, like, what, 87, 88, something like that. It was 80-something. It was At, like, 15. You know, and so, like, to still be relevant yeah. in today's world from stuff that he started 30 years ago. Right. You know how hard that is? Yeah. I mean... He, he was he was smart with like you know because I always tell people no matter how popular your music is you're gonna fade away you're not always gonna be popular music wise so he was smart where he got involved with FUBU and got involved with acting and right. stuff like that just TV hosting he's a great looking guy people are love to put him up in front of a camera and sure. stuff like that he had his own sitcom for a while you know like he he in the house he he made a good he he did, he's, he's done he's, he's done a very great job at. Not only that, using his rap career to really set him straight for the rest of his life, sure. like you know, from stuff that he's done. Like you know, there's some guys like you know who seem to stay away from wanting to do other things. They just want to focus on music. Like you look at like you know Nas. Like you know Nas is pretty much to stay true to rapping. Like you know he's done some stuff with Hennessy and like you know I think a few commercials here and there. Right, right. You know, but nothing to what like you know some other rappers have done. Sure. Off, off, off the. Uh, off he's, the he's no Jay Z. Exactly. Right. You know, Jay-Z has much more of a face recognition and stuff like that. But if you ask me, hip-hop head is Illmatic better than Reasonable Doubt, nine times out of ten, they'll say, yeah, it is. It's not even close. It's not even close. Is is it was written better than Reasonable Doubt. I'll argue that it is. Mm-hmm. I'll argue that. That's a better conversation. I'll take that argument. I'll take, I'll take it was written over Reasonable Doubt. Hmm. The message... Um, um, affirmative action. One of my favorite. Black, black, black girl lost. Listen, one of my favorite Nas songs of all his songs is on "It Was Written." I gave you power. No, "Taken in Blood." Yeah, "Taken in Blood." "Taken in Blood." I'm it's so like hard. That. I'm born up like that. I'm living. Like I never that. brag. How real I keep it? Cause it's the best secret. I rock a vest, prestigious, Cuban link, flooded Jesus. Even the, the, the better story. The better story after "It Was Written" is because, from from, from my understanding, from what I was told. Mm-hmm. The songs that are on the lost tapes were supposed to be on. It was written. Supposed to be on I am. Okay. So remember, I, I am is when it has Nas's like. Right. Those songs. The Scarface really supposed, joint. Those songs were really supposed to be on I am. So imagine if you take Do Rags, Black Zombies. Um, drunk is that drunk? Is drunk by myself? Drunk on by there? myself was on there. Yeah, yeah. Fetus is on there. Papa was a player was on there. Mm. Um. Um. Um, uh, that's what they want. Is it, is it, is it? This is heavy technical yeah. hip hop talk right now. Sorry. So now, if, if those songs were on, were on I Am, 
those have been three albums in a row that would have been damn near untouchable. Yeah. But, the, 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 but I Am was one of the first major albums to be leaked onto the internet because it came out like in 97 or 98. Mm-hmm. So that's when the Napster, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That was one of the first albums to be leaked on the internet. Yeah, it had to be 97 or 98 because uh, it was when it came out in 96. Well, see, I've been arguing that there's no way Reasonable Doubt can be better than Illmatic because of how many Illmatic songs are on Reasonable Doubt. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you just take that alone, you're taking away the evils, you're taking away... Oh, no, that's that's Snoop. No, that's, not, that's Prodigy. So Snoop is, dear God, and wonder can you save me? Prodigy right. comes in, Illuminati, Illuminati, right, my right. soul and my body. Okay, I fucked up with that part altogether. So, no, so Jay-Z, Jay-Z sampled Nas's voice on Reasonable Doubt on Dead Presidents. Right. Then he sampled Nas's voice on Volume 1 with Rap Game, Crack Game. Okay. Somehow the rap game reminded me of a crack game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's only the first sample on Reasonable Doubt. But, you know, on Reasonable Doubt, Jay-Z had Biggie on there. True. He had um, Sauce Money. Yeah, Sauce Money. Jazz-O. Jazz-O. Versus on, um, it was, I mean, on on Illmatic, Nas had AZ. Right. That was it. You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I love Reasonable Doubt. I love it. And then Illmatic came out in ninety. Illmatic, no, Illmatic was two thousand. Uh, Illmatic? I think so. No, I mean all. all I think You're talking Illmatic. about Illmatic. Illmatic was ninety four. And then Reasonable Doubt came out in ninety six. Yes. And then when did it was written come out? Ninety six. Ninety six. Oh well, then that's a whole. Those that's they should be written. I mean, they should be compared. They should be comparing those two way more often anyway. But they don't. I think they, they compare it was written. They compare Reasonable Doubt and Hill Mac was both their first first albums. albums. Right, right. But to me, you can you can compare that. That's a good argument where you compare it was written compared with um, um compared with Reasonable. Actually, I, I'm gonna probably post that tonight. Actually. Yeah, most definitely. And I want to. Yeah, I would, I would love to see some good hip hop debates about that. That would be nasty. But it was between it was written and Reasonable Doubt. To me, I mean, I'm gonna have to fuck around and go buy a copy of It Was Written. Man, it was. I gave you power. That's one of the songs that were ever in my mind. I gave you power. Will put Nas over Jay Z. I feel like I gave you power should get just as much as respect as I used to love her. Yeah. Like it was like that's like heavy metaphor type shit. You know what I'm saying? How you like me now? I go blow. It's that shit that moves crowds, keeping every ghetto foul. I might have sent the first child, scars of life, a cripple just style. I, I gave you power. I made you buck wild. Yeah. You know uh, what else? Uh, Street dreams is on there. Uh, affirmative action. Taking in blood, the message. Um, if I rule the world, black girls lost. Um, the, the, the song with um, uh, Mob Deep. Uh, shit. God damn, I can't remember that song. Oh uh, man, no, I'm slipping. But yeah, man. Like I mean, it's you. You can argue that. I mean, don't get me, don't get me wrong. Like you know, dead presidents can't knock the hustle. And to me, my favorite song on Reasonable Doubt, which a lot of people sleep on, is uh, the setup. The setup and suspects. So, so the setup, yeah, yeah. suspects, and shootouts are, are songs that to me don't get a lot of respect from people. I remember, I remember Joey Badass. Joey Badass sampled suspects. Suspect niggas don't come outside. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, might get your shit pushed back tonight. tonight. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's tracks on here. There's definitely heat on here. 
Mm. Nas is coming. Dre track. Mm. Motherfucking Dre. Yeah. yeah. Take it in blood and Nas is coming is like. Mm-hmm. I mean, the message, Miles. The message. I don't know why I can't hear that right now. Mm-hmm. That's not. Boom, 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 boom. That's affirmative action. It's like, um. Fake thugs, no love. You get the oh. slugs. Hit me for Augusto. We love though. I didn't know till I was drunk though. You weak niggas. We sprayed out. out. Fuck, they were sprayed yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Nah, man, it's, um. Tons of stuff, man. I mean, compared to Jay Z, if you compare their first three albums, I mean, Jay Z's not even close. No. Because by most accounts, is Volume One where is Volume One Sunshine or is that Volume Two? Volume One Sunshine. By by most accounts, that's a that's a horrible album. Yeah, Sunshine. He had a few good songs. He had um, um two shorts on there, right? Uh, yes. He had um, uh, Marcy. Okay. Couple uh, of where you from? From Marcy, son. Yeah, rap game, crack game. He had um, um, uh, friend of foe, friend of uh, friend of foe ninety eight. The second. Okay. One. Right. Right. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. That that was good. Um, what else? Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, uh, oh no, yeah, the intro, million and one questions. Imaginary player. Yeah. To me, man, I, I don't get why he stopped fucking with DJ Premier. Oh, why, they, why they haven't made songs together anymore? Yeah, it's weird because his first Reasonable Doubt volumes one, two, and three. His first four albums, yeah, Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, his first four albums all had songs by Premier. Because uh, on volume two, Premier did the intro. On uh, with Memphis, uh, Memphis Bleak rapping. Okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that shit was dope. Yeah, yeah, that shit was dope. And on um, Volume Three, Premier produced. Um, he did. Um, so ghetto. He did so ghetto. Yeah. That's not the only one he did, though, is it? I think so. On Volume Three. Hmm. Maybe. I'm so gang since he pushed the chicks over. Right, right, right. with me. Iceberg. Really slim baby rock. Yeah. My shit on volume three is... Um, and to me, like, I don't get it. Like, you look at the, the reviews. People gave us some really good reviews. Yeah, I don't know. I fucks with volume one. Imaginary player is disgusting. Yeah. That shit is so nasty. But yeah, man, but... um. But still, like, even that, like, You Must Love Me is not really what I'm on, but... Yeah, if you, if you stack up Illmatic, it was written in I Am compared to... Uh, reasonable doubt Bible's one Bible one and two to me is Nas all day yeah now where, they, where it tries to turn is volume three versus what is that Nostradamus Nostradamus was black as hell it was and volume three is like volume three is his second classic album it, it was good it, it's, it's nowhere good as like the blueprint or anything like that but it's, it's a good album no but volume three is I mean Big Company's on there Fucking intro, intro outro of volume three is crazy. Yeah. So you, uh, I don't care if it's winter. I want you to turn all your windows down. Buckle up. Hello, it's Hova. Mm-hmm. That's right, young and the wait is over. That shit goes hard. Now the better question I always ask people is, um, so getting out of Nas and Jay Z, what's better between who had the best debut album solo for the Woo between Jizza? Liquid Swords, Method Man, Takao, Rake One, Only Built for Cuban Links, 
or Ghostface Killer, Iron Man? Okay, so here's my thing, and I, I want to put out this this um, disclaimer. I got on to the woo late. Okay. So there's not much nostalgia to it for me. I listen to them as like separately. Um, I always kind of put Ray and Ghost together because like they they're featured so much on each other's album. Yeah. So like neither one of them would be my number one. Yeah. Um, I would probably have to go with Method Man, but I have a huge Method Man bias. Why is that? Well, because I'm I'm just a big Method Man fan. That Takao album was brawl. I was really like hitting my hip hop stride when Takao 2000 came out. Okay, Judgment Day. Yeah, yeah. that shit had some fucking heat on it. Um, I always like those rappers that like can talk about everything. Like that's why I fuck with LL too, because like they talk about you know everything, bitches, getting money, smoking weed. Fucking with your niggas, you know, battle shit, like they kind of did it all. Now, I will say, to me, one of the most slept on albums from the Woo is Method Man, Judgment Day, uh, the one with uh, Takao. I mean, yeah, there's the second one, the second song album. Judgment that, Day? Yeah, Judgment Day. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. To me, that's one of the most slept on Woo albums. I like that shit a lot. Yeah. It's like 23 tracks on there. Mm-hmm. The fucking D'Angelo joint is crazy. But then you got the joint with Left Eye, that's crazy. Yeah. You got the joint with Rock Bob, baby. I joined with the Red Man, Big Dogs. Yeah. yeah. And then I like that uh, that fucking Blackout album. Like, that shit was fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, he had, um, who was that? He had, uh, shit. He had Bob Deer. He had probably, he had probably, he had Havoc on there. No, he, no, he had probably, yeah, he had probably, yeah, yeah, he had yeah. Mob Deep on the album, yeah. too. Yeah. Beats was crazy. Yeah. And uh, it was a good album, man. Uh, and to me, that's one of the ones that people don't get like a lot of sleep. Well, people sleep on it. Yeah. And then I probably didn't listen to Liquid Source as much as I, as much as I should have. I like Iron Man a lot, though. Same man, Liquid Source, man. That's like that album is just like so. Is Indy Five Hundred on Iron Man? Daytona Five Hundred. Daytona Five Hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my yeah, play for keeps and Mob Deep on there. Hellraiser, Street Life. You know, it was a good album. And then Killing Fields is crazy. Yeah. And then whichever one has the, uh, it's like the What's weird that? beat too. Spazola was on it, yeah. Spazola was a good song. Is it Retro Godfather? One of them got like this real smooth, uh, and then they do, he does the, uh, the skit from the, all the Chris Rock skits. Yeah. Yeah. You know, man, it was, it was a good album, man. I remember it, man. Yeah, I mean, certain st- I still have the same CDs from when they came, from when they came out back yeah. in ninety whatever. Some of them I've lost so many CD cases over the years. Though. I'm particular. I'm not reading. You, yeah, you got you to come out to my house one day, man. I have all of that stuff all in alphabetical order. Wow. I've seen your uh, your pictures of like your shelf. That shit looks intense. If you had an earthquake, your, well, your life would be fucked up. <laughs> yeah, man. Kellen, how'd you get into real estate? Uh, my dad. My dad was a real estate investor. Uh-huh. And that's how I was going to be rich. So I knew real estate. People, I want to be a place to live. <laughs> it's something, something ain't going nowhere. Or 
You know, and I wanted something that, like, you know, I can be anywhere and have properties anywhere and still be able to enjoy my life and stuff like that. So, yeah, I wanted that passive income right out there, like, you know, be there. I feel like with a traditional business, you have to be there. Right. You know, I don't want to be anywhere. You know, that's so, yeah. Was it hard to buy your first building? Like, is it? Oh, uh, kind of. Like, um, so my sister and I, we bought it together. Okay. And so um, we got it in 2010 back when the banks so were really low. We got a lot of money. So um, that definitely made it easier. It was her and I. But, um, I mean, it was well worth, like, you know, the process of, like, you know, having to apply, get a loan, blah, blah, blah. Right. And everything's going fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been good stuff. You may, you gotta have, like, tenants. I guess these are, like, stupid questions. Yeah, I, it's a four unit, so I, I live in one unit, and I got Section 8 tenants. Oh, well, okay. I have, well, I have two tenants from Section 8, and I have one tenant from the Catholic Charities. Okay. Yeah, the Catholic, the Catholic Charities have the program, just like Section 8, where they will place a tenant in your building. But actually, it's, it's, almost, it's almost better than Section 8 because um, once you're one of the Catholic Charities, like, landlords, they'll call you and ask you if you have any openings. Like, they'll actively, they're actively trying to find them a place versus, like, if I just have Section 8 tenants, I'm trying to find tenants versus Catholic Charities, they'll find you. Hmm. So, yeah. What do you have to do to have like to have it be a Section Eight or to have Section Eight people living in building? Just nothing really. Just I mean, be a good landlord. Just make sure you don't have any broken stuff around the building, and like, you know, just tick ticky tack stuff. Where if you're a good landlord, it'll be done. Do you do all that stuff, or you have people that do it? Uh, both. I do. I do some stuff, but I use call people. Like you know, I can call the same people who were doing work on my dad's buildings back in the nineties because they're still around doing stuff. So yeah. Hmm. What's up? What's next? Um, well, next, I'm still saving some more money to buy a new property. Okay. And also, I'm looking at moving to Hawaii. Right. So, yeah. Hawaii. I, wanna, I like I like being hot, man. I like wearing shorts and a t-shirt every day. And if you want to do that every day, Chicago ain't it. No. Hawaii out here is, like, super expensive. You know what, man? I was just out there in uh, March for, like, a week and a half. And, um... Two of my old college teammates from Chicago State were from Hawaii, and they live back out there now. So I had a chance to see them when I was out there. You know, they were telling me, you know, like, you know, honestly, it's not that much more expensive here than it is there. Just like, you know, you just, you just can't live in the touristy area. Right. You have to live, like, you know, further inland. You have to live with the, the, the locals. Right. You can't live. It's, it's no different than living here. You can't live off of, you know, uh, state and division sure. and expect it not to cost. Right. You know? You're riding the Gold Coast. You know, you gotta, you gotta expect to pay some money. And that would be right off the beach. In Hawaii. Would be the equivalent to being on the Gold Coast or like. Be like a Waikiki somewhere. Spot. Yeah, like a Waikiki somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I've never been to Hawaii. It's dope. It's dope, man. But yeah. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Kellen. Which one of Erica Badu's boyfriends is your favorite rapper? Um, Jay Electronica. Over three stacks? Yeah. Because to me, three stacks, he doesn't, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't rhyme enough. He does goofy and weird shit too much for me. Okay. To me, to me, 
Whatever that, if I listen to a Jalen Travis song, I know he's on a rap. Of course. But three stacks, man. I want to hear Hey Ya and stuff like that. You know, people always give up. No, 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 I'm going to be wrong. I like I'm a 3000. But I feel like people give him way too much praise. They all you know, I feel like whenever they say, say how good a rapper he is, they always, it's, it's always an asterisk next to his name that says when he wants to rap. Like, you know, like, if, if, you, if you're supposed to be one of the best rappers there is, you should always be rapping. Like, you shouldn't be doing, like, all the excellent stuff. Like, you know, I can, I can always hear his talent, and I always, like, you know, see how he rhymes on, on the old Outkast albums and stuff like that, but... Have you heard Eric Badu's last project? Mm-hmm. The Can't Use My Phone project? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's wrong. He raps on there. Kills But, but is he, he raps in, he, but he's, like, just featured on a, what? He's on one of our songs. But that's the thing. I want to hear a whole album, solo album of him oh. where he's just rapping. Well, yeah. Not doing like all the other stuff. He was on speaker box, love below. And well, stuff I don't like know that. if we're gonna get that, Mister Kellen. You know, I mean, I mean, and honestly, we'll, we'll probably never get a Jay Electronic album. <laughs> you know, Just Blaze has some tracks. I mean, I think now he's broke. He's broken up with that Rothschilds girl, so maybe now he has a little more. Just motivation. Blaze says he has some Jay Electronic tracks. Just like he got a, a side guy album. Yeah, I, I would take Jay Electronic just just straight rapping talent. I would take Jay Electronic over Common. Best Common album. Um. Either. Don't say B. No. Okay. E- either uh, like Water for Chocolate, or either um, Resurrection. Okay. I'm a big fan of Electric Circus. Everybody makes that face, but yeah. Common did some of his hardest rhyming on that album. That was a weird shit. That's what he said. Man, listen. That um that Aquarius song that was hard. I don't I don't I don't even have that album on my on my hard drive in my Jeep. That CD is a sit in my house somewhere. Actually I I mean there's a there's a few songs on it that I like, but I mean to me, that was like a, he 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 was on some weird shit. You, you, you can tell he just got done messing with everybody do. <laughs> like, Water for Chocolate was good. I feel like I've only heard it, like, twice. The the even common though, album I fucked with more was the one with, um... Even though his, his, his other joint, uh... Damn. It's his third album, um... Oh, man. Um, one Day It All Makes Sense. That's the one I fucked One Day It All Makes Sense. Now, that song, the song with Cannabis... Oh, yeah, yeah. Cannabis killed Common. Like, killed Common on the other song. Common, yeah. Common even admits it. He was like, man, he, he murdered I'm the worst nightmare square. Yeah. 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 Um, CeeLo is on there too, right? The cannabis is an animal. Come on, but can't commandable. Come on, the damage is spinning. The understandable slinger shall be the hall scene limo because the gunner has sharp peripheral with 360 degree visual. He said, when the signal gets spitting, them seeds get bitten with venom from a poison. The algorithm lob on the killer, my style get in them. Way up in them. <laughs> my man said, the earth got one, the earth has one sun, but I walk with three shadows. <laughs> with a law, my supernatural bodyguards, niggas couldn't touch me if they gave me a massage. And seeds compete with lyrics and beats get crushed. I'll punch you in your chest so hard, your shoulders will touch. What? Is Common overrated? I mean, I don't think he's top ten. Oh hell no! <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe, maybe, maybe top twenty, maybe, maybe. Top twenty, maybe. Keller. So you don't think he's top twenty? 
he might make top 20. He might, he's probably like. He's top 30. He's top 30. I'm trying to see if he's top, top 20. Is he like, top is he like 15 to 20? Yeah, no, if, he, if he's top 20, he's in the lower half of the 20. He's not like in top. He's not, he's, he's not number 11. <laughs> no, but. I mean, if you talk about just straight rappers, there's, I mean, not how much commercial success they have. Sure. Or like, like, you know, guys who they can spit. There's a lot of people. Like I had, a, I had, a, I posted on Facebook the other day. Who do you think is the most underrated rapper? I listed, um, I listed Fabulous, Fonte, Redman, Lord Finesse, and um, shit. Who else? Well, Fonte is almost like. I mean, he's he's nowhere near to the extent of Andre Three Thousand, but Fonte sings too. I know. But he sings, but he doesn't do like the weird shit. He's like Drake in it. Yeah, him and Drake made songs. Is Drake top twenty? No. No. Hey, what it be? You know, I would say Drake is similar. I'll say I compare Drake and Fabulous kind of similar. I don't. Where I think Fabulous is underrated, especially, and he's brought this point up. He's he's brought this to our attention plenty of times, but like. He's never been really associated with like a major artist, and Drake is Drake is young money, cash money. He's right up there with Wayne. Like well, well, I'll say the difference between uh, Drake and Fabulous are I would say they're similar as in Drake signed with a major label, but it, to me, if you listen to Drake's lyrics, especially his, his younger stuff and comeback season stuff, you know he's a hip hop head. Mm-hmm. Hip hop heads know he's a hip hop head because right. he makes references to stuff that you know that you would only know if you're a hip hop head. Sure, you know whether it's rapping over Jay Dilla beats, rapping over Knife Wonder beats. You know, um, certain. I mean, even even um, in, in um, one of his songs on his first album, I remember he had a line where um, he referenced uh, Fragile Star from Sunset Park. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, hip hop head ain't gonna make no uh, reference to that. Like you know, in the bubble goose. Yeah, exactly. Like he he made um. On that song uh, "Over" on his second album, mm-hmm. he made he um you know one thing my music when they hit you feel no pain that's from Dead Prez. Sure, only hip hop fans gonna know that shit. But the difference is Drake decided to go make some money. Sure, not to say that Fabulous didn't decide to go make some money because he was signed to a major label and stuff like that, but it wasn't anywhere near to the extent of what Drake has done. Yeah, but we listen to I mean Fabulous his mixtape game is ridiculous. It's some. The soul tapes and no competition. Yeah. Summertime, the summertime shootout. The young funeral tapes. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, the young OG project. Yeah. I mean that stuff is ridiculous. And I mean, for a Brooklyn nigga, he's extremely fly. Like he kind of set like everybody before anybody else was wearing like the TV jerseys. Yeah. He was rocking the TV jerseys. Like he had the Fresh Prince of Bel Air jersey. He had the fucking AC Slater Bayside jersey. I'm trying to see who I said. I mentioned most underrated rappers. How is Black Thought not on this list? No, I did list Black Thought. That's what okay, was. Yeah, Black that's Thought what is was. definitely was it, was it Black Thought? underrated. Let me see. I gotta find it now. That fucking Makings of a Murder. Yeah, who? Makings of a Murder. The song he did, uh, produced by Ninth Wonder, with uh, with Sheik from the Locks. Whose album was that on? It's not on an album. I think it's just a song they released not too long ago. That, all that fucking Static Selector shit he does. Yeah, that song he did with, um, he killed uh, Joey Badass and... Uh, and, and uh, Action Bronson? Yeah, Action Bronson. Oh, yeah. I know that song, yeah. 
No, no, no. On one song, he killed Action Bronson and he killed Royce of 5'9. Right. On another song, he killed Joey Badass and I think um, it's called Bird's Eye View. It's on. It's on I know what you're talking it's about. It's on. It's on. Um, yeah, yeah. It's on. It's on. It's on, it's on Stack Selector's album Extended Play. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I got Black Thoughts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, this is what it was. I named. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, five underrated rappers. Who, yeah, who's the most underrated rappers out of the following? Fabulous, Jada Kiss. Lord Finesse, Redman, Fonte, Black Thought. And looking back at that list, I would add The Game. I'm a big game fan. Because so. uh, when I say underrated, underrated doesn't mean that they've not had commercial success. Right. Because people like The Game has had commercial success. His first but, album was only like $3 million. But because of that, they kind of play him on his lyricism. Exactly. Because that $3 million, that, that that first album, the documentary, like, they're fucking like, they're, they're a classic song. That's a classic album. Yeah. Like, and by I, anybody, like, really paying attention. And I think at that time, I think if I remember correctly from his lyrics, he'd only been rapping for like a year and a half. Yeah. So he had just started rapping. Yeah. Like, if you listen to... Listen to the first documentary mm-hmm. compared to this the documentary two that just came out. I, I've been playing documentary two for the past two weeks in my car. That song, the the, the last verse he spits on on me. That song, right. Kendrick Lamar. That shit is ridiculous, bro. He is easily that that last that documentary two is easily one of the best hip hop double albums. Yeah, there, and there's not. I mean, it's better than Blueprint two. Yeah, I mean, it's better than. I mean, nothing is better than Love Below Speaker Box as far as double albums. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the, it's the, better the, than... The, the, the Art of War, Bone Thugs and Harmony is ten times better than that <laughs> All Eyes on Me by Tupac. Okay. That, okay. Was, that, was, that was the first double album ever on hip-hop. That's a good one. That's a good one. Like, yeah. So it's better than... What's the Nas joint? Godson? No, no, that's not the double Street album. Disciple. Street's Disciples. Remember that night I walked with the dime. So yes, yeah, so I would say so. So let me say this. Uh, actually, a lot of people. My my um my uh, my my pick out of that group was uh, fabulous. Because I feel like fabulous when the like the lines that he spits, especially like you know, granted a lot of his dope stuff comes out on mixtapes. Right. Like you know, so it's kind of hard for a lot of people to hear it if they're like really into that. Fabulous is pretty underrated. Jada Kiss. I feel like everybody gives Jada Kiss their uh, his respect. Jada Kiss is on that list where it's like, okay, people will be like, "Who's your top five favorite rappers?" And then they'll give you all. Everybody will do the regular, you know, Jay Z, Nas, Big, Pac, Rakim. I don't know Jay Z's top five for me. We're gonna talk about that in a second. <laughs> so they'll always do that, and then it's like Jada Kiss is always on that. But what about list? So, but what about like you talking about who? Like that's what they'll say. Like they'll be like, "But what about Jada Kiss?" Oh, and they'll okay, be like, so. "But what about Redman?" And they'll be like, "You know." Now Redman, he's he he doesn't get the credit he's doing there. Yeah, I feel like a lot of niggas play Redman because like he's such a personality. Yeah. And he's such like. He's a goofball. Yeah, like the he the weed head and like funny shit kind of got too much for him. And that's like shit. yeah, and that's like all they think about him yeah. for. But they don't realize that like. Money Waters is a, is a crazy album. Yeah, there, there is a dark side. There's a dark side. What am I thinking about? There's a dark side is good. I'm thinking about... Um, Rock the Spot? No. What's the horrible one? Doc's the Name is a really good one. Oh, are you telling me um, um, Doc's Name 2000? 
And yeah. there's also um, the one with the roller coaster. I can't remember. I don't remember. Nah, but his first one with uh, the song with uh, the Be Real sample. Time for some time for some time for some time for some action. Yeah. Time, time, for some time for some action. Nah, Red Man, he, he he gets good, man. You know, and I think people just you know same thing. They don't they don't give him. And then all the Superman Lover tracks, those are classic. Yeah, man, nah, but but but, Kit, but uh, fabulous, man. You know, he 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 gets after it. And but even but even more so that the name that I mentioned on this list, a lot of people didn't even know about was Lord, Lord Finesse. Finesse. Yeah, I don't I could I don't think I could tell you a Lord Finesse song. Lord Finesse is nasty, man. You know who he is, though, right? I think so. You know the DITC click? No. Fat, you know DITC? Digging in the crates? Yeah. Yeah. You know who's in that click? No. Fat Joe, Big L. This is, I'll, I'll dig even deeper. This is why real hip hop heads got super disappointed with what Fat Joe started doing. When, okay. he got, when Fat Joe started doing, like, you know, uh, Make It Rain and blah, blah, blah. If, you, if I play some tracks for you right now from Fat Joe's second album, Jealous One's Envy, mm-hmm. you will be blown away. I've heard some of that. Are you sure? Yeah. Not Jealous One Still Envy. No, no. no. Bruh. The, the, one, the one that came out in 95. Yeah. But so that, that's why when you think about, that, that's why before I even heard that album, that's why I didn't, when I talked to older heads, when they talked, they talked about how disappointed they were in Fat Joe, I didn't know what he had done in the past. Like that. I, I, I knew Don Cartagena, John right. Blaze. I knew all that shit, but I didn't hear, I didn't hear Jealous One's Envy until last year. Hmm. And in his first album, Represent, all produced by Diamond D, pretty much. Yes. So digging the crates is Diamond D, Fat Joe, um, Big L, Lord Finesse, OC, Show, and AG. Okay. I thought like with OC. That's the Star Child, right? Who? OC the Star Child? The Star Child. No? Star Child. That's somebody different? Uh, is it Star, Star Child name of an album or a person? I thought it was the name of an album. Um, no, OC, he had... Um, He's got, like, one of the best songs, one of the best hip... Like, it's regarded as, like, one of the best hip-hop verses ever, right? OC? Yeah. Took him, like, a year to write it. What's one of OC's biggest songs? Time's Up. Is that what it's called? Time's Up. That was... You ever seen 8 Mile? Yeah. Remember the first song that Eminem tried to battle on where he, like, froze up and got booed off the stage? That was the beat from Time's Up. It was, it was used in that movie. And it's like a hundred hip hop quotables in that shit too, right? Like, I don't need them all. This OC song that we're talking about right now, there's not like a whole bunch of lines in it that people like recycle and say all the time. Time's up. I mean, people. I mean, people have used uh, samples from it, but not like any more than I've noticed from like any other type of song I can think of. Hmm. You was a suck ass a kid. Like they, I mean, they use that sometime. Yeah, time's up. Are you ready to work hard for what hey, you hey, 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 hey. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Time, time's up. The um. What the fuck is the uh, the more? What does he say? You lack the minerals and vitamins, eh? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 on time's up. Right, but it's like a whole bunch of samples from here. Like a lot of people sample this verse. 
I, um, you was a suck ass kid. Your persona's drama that you persona that you that you um yeah your your persona's drama you that you acquired in high school in acting class. Your your whole aura is plexiglass. Yeah, supposedly it took him like a year to write that verse. You listen to Wine Epstein. Wine Epstein. Yeah. I usually don't be shouting out of the podcast on my podcast, <laughs> but Wine Epstein is with Peter Rosenberg and Cipher Sounds. Okay. And they like interview like hip hop people. Okay. And I think I heard from them that it took him like two years to write that because he had the beat, but he wanted to write the first, the perfect verse to it, some shit like that. But yeah, episode forty-seven was like super hip hop heavy. That's all we've talked about. Yeah. You play you played minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. For how long? Three years. What happened? I kept on getting released, and I was getting older, and I realized like my window of ever making it to the major leagues was pretty much non-existent. So I was mentally ready to hang it up. What position did you play? Outfield, most center. Yeah, man, could, could run a little, get it. That's what's up. I was at the baseball game last night. White Sox or Cubs? White Sox. Okay. They played the Twins. They beat them like eight to one. Yeah, the twins are nasty. Twins are horrible. Why? How'd you get into baseball? You know, man. Like it's weird because um, people always ask me that, and like the best answer I can really give them is that my parents said when I was like four, three, four years old, like I always like wanted to play baseball, even though my dad played football. Hmm. My dad was a football player who really wrestled, and um, yeah, they said like I always just wanted to play. Hmm. I know a lot of times, you know, people say, oh, my, bad, my dad played, but, like, my dad didn't play, anything like that. I got into baseball way too late, and by the time I did, I was, like, afraid of the ball. Yeah, no, baseball, yeah, if you're, you, you have to start playing at the, the latest, it's, like, seven years old. Yeah. You have to start playing when you're young, like, because even, even if not... Even if you don't have your situation where you're afraid of the ball, you have to still be playing when you're young because, like, your technique, unless you're a, a super just naturally gifted athlete, like, you're too, you're too far behind the eight ball already. Like, way too far. So you can, like, hit fastballs and shit? Yeah, you have to. <laughs> well, I know. But you, can't, I mean, you, can't, you can't hit a fastball, you can't play. <laughs> like, I go to the batting cages and it's just ugly sometimes. It's just not good. It's just not good at all. Yeah, man, if you can't hit a 90 mile hour fastball, you can't play. Wowzers. Yeah, man. So, like, are you literally, like, starting to swing as they're, like, releasing the ball? You, um, kind of. It's, it's always easier to stop your swing versus trying to start your swing. So, it's like you have to have a mentality almost to swing at every pitch and stop yourself when you realize it's, it's a pitch you don't want to swing at. Hmm. Because if you try to get it, get it going, when the pitch is halfway there, it's my throwing decently hard as that like you can't. Like, like this, like the, the reaction time is not there. Yeah, wow, like, like, it's, it's not possible. Hmm. Yeah. Who's your favorite baseball player? Uh, Ken Griffey Jr.? No, nah, growing up as a kid, it was Frank Thomas. Oh, okay. From South Side. Sure. sure. Frank Thomas, as, as a kid growing up, Frank Thomas. Hmm. Yeah. What about now? Mm, I mean, I love watching my boy, uh, Granderson. Uh, okay. Yeah, Curtis Branson play because like you know I'm friends with him. Oh okay. That's like you know, I guess he's my favorite player now to watch. I mean, because I know him personally, you know. So I guess that's different. 
Yeah. I like the black dude in Pittsburgh. McCutcheon? Yep. Yeah. That's really all I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he used to have locks cutting. Yep. Ballsy. <laughs> yeah, McCutcheon, man. You know that? He's a, he's a good player. Real good. Real good player. Does... Did... Did you ever know any guys that were, like, juicing? Um... Not specifically, but I could look at guys and know they were on something. Oh, really? Yeah. And is that apparent? Yeah, sometimes. Really? Yeah. I mean, they always say, man, like, you know, I mean, if, if, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> is it really like that in baseball? To an extent, yeah. Yeah. But even even worse than baseball is uh, track and field. Track and field, they, they really, they, they do a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's track and field. I mean... You can't make money unless you're one of the, the very, very best right. in the sport. You know, I mean, granted, to be a major baseball player, you are one of the best in the sport, but you can be on the bench and sure. play once every three or four games versus track and field. Like, no, you, right. you, you got you to gotta be the person. And it's you. Yeah, you have, you have to be the, the one. Hmm. Yeah. You didn't have any crazy injuries or anything? No, not really. Um, I broke my ankle when I was fourteen. Hmm. Broke this thumb when I was uh fifteen. Um, I Playing baseball. My, yeah. Hmm. I injured my shoulder from just throwing so much uh, when I was in college, uh, and that's it for me. I don't really have anything. I mean, besides like you know, there's other aches and pains, or maybe I had to like you know take a few days off, like you know I had to sit down for a little bit. Right. Nothing like where I was like out for good or anything. Baseball players aren't like football players. Oh, hell no. No, nah, nah, you can be some guys play football. I mean, they're jacked up. Right. They're jacked up for life. I know college players that are jacked up. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, never yeah. mind NFL. Like, yeah, they're jacked up for life. Right. Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's, to me, the, 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 I saw that movie Concussion by mm-hmm. Will Smith, and like, he's right. Like, the human body was not meant to play football. It's like, even if he, even if he don't sustain any crazy head injuries, just like, Literally every play, especially if you're on that offensive or defensive line, like it's like getting into a car crash every play. When you played baseball, did you wear your pants super tight or did you wear them loose like uh, my dude from Boston? My mine were decently loose because I had to be able to have enough movement to run, but I always had my socks. I always had my pants legs rolled up, so you saw my socks always. Smooth. Yeah, I, I mean it couldn't be too tight. I mean it doesn't have mobility. Because baseball pants, like, if they're tight, they don't fit like a track uniform when it's tight, where it's like spandex. It's oh, not like right. that. Like, you know, it's a cloth type material. Right, right, right. It's not nearly as easy to move around in. Hmm. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? Did you play in the Jackie Robinson League? How'd you feel about that shit that went down with the, uh, with the little, with the, um, what was that? Was that the yeah, Golden State World Series? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Um, I've been, uh, I played at JRW uh, in Little League. And um, I've been volunteering slash donating money back to them since I was 18. Um, actually, um, the year all that stuff happened, I was um, I was one of the sponsors for the league that year. Like they had a, they had a billboard at the at the field for me with my name on it and everything. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, the rule they broke is one of those unwritten rules that a lot of leaks break, sure. but nobody is really going to call you out about it. Right. You know, it's one of the things like, come on, like, really? Like, yeah. everybody, it's one of the things that everybody does it. And to me, it's like an unwritten thing to not say anything about it. Like, you know, I definitely think that um, the reason why they got called out about it, like, you know, 
whether you want to blame it on the coach from Evergreen Park, who, like, you know, called the newspaper and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, probably some jealousy that stemmed from it. Because, I mean, there have been other teams from the Illinois, from, from the state of Illinois and from the Chicagoland area to make it as far as they did. Right. But nobody nearly got any of the type of press that they did. And on top of that, like, you know, the, it was all, like, perfect timing for the amount of press they were getting. Like, you know, a lot of it comes just for the timing. You had a time where you had... um. The governor's election and the mayor's election was both going on that year. Rom was rerun. Rom was running again, and then Governor Quinn was running again. Okay. So like you know, they were both looking for something positive mm-hmm. on the South Side, inviting right. black youth to rally around. Sure. Um. You know, anytime you have something political like that happening, like you know, stuff can get amped up by the media so much. Um, the South Side of Chicago in general was looking for something positive to rally around sure. because, like you know, it was summertime. Summertime in Chicago violence. happens. All the, all the shooting and the violence happens, and like you know, that neighborhood where that league is located, it's in a pretty stable area. But like, it's one of those areas where if you go too far this way, too far that way, too far that way, right, it changes an RB like very, yeah. very quickly. It's over on a hundred and something, right? Yeah, hundred and seventh in the Sangamon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I went to church. I used to go to church over there. Yeah. So yeah, but no, I played. Uh, I played. I, I played for the founder of that league. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he passed away um, back in two thousand five. But um, yeah. So that's so I think you know, and then plus like you know now because of social media, like you know, and because of you know, basically all those games from even the round before the Little League World Series starts are all on TV. Right. Whether they're on TV through the internet or whether they're on ESPN this, ESPN that, they're all on TV. All those kids had social media pages. You can follow them all. I mean, I saw some of those kids after after the, the Lily World Series over. Some of them had like ten thousand followers. Crazy. Just all like in the span of like two weeks. You know, they had hashtags that ESPN had created behind their names and stuff like that. So you could search them. I mean, it was yeah. It, it got big. It got bigger. I knew when I saw how far they were making it. I knew it was going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. I didn't. In my mind, I had no idea it was going to be as big of a deal as it was, where they had watch parties for them all over the city. And yep. Part of that was political, too. Right. You know, they had... Um, and, I mean, the president is from the South Side, so everything on the South Side gets blown up more yeah. now anyway. Yeah, you know... Because just as many niggas getting killed out South as it is out West. They just don't have a reason to look about or talk about out West. Right. So... You know, and, um... But yeah, I mean, it was a big, it was a big deal. Like you know, I was very happy when I saw everything happening for them. I mean, they got invited by every major league team and yep. that and forth. I mean, they're taking tours of the country, all types of stuff. You know, and I mean, I mean, all those kids. I mean, they're all very good baseball players too. I mean, a lot of them are going some bright futures. I wouldn't be surprised if a few kids off that team in the next four years end up getting drafted out of high school. That's crazy. The even crazier story. Um, it's a few years down the line, but if ESPN. Because remember all that footage that of all those games all on ESPN. Mm-hmm. So ESPN already has all the footage. I'm very curious to see in the next few years further down the line if ESPN will do one of those 30 for 30s on them. Because ESPN, they already have all the footage for it. That would be crazy. I mean, they were they were front and center all that stuff was going on. Yeah. So I'd be very curious to see, like, you know, when it's 2000, it happened in 2014, maybe like in 2024. Right, right. They do a 30 for 30 on that. They're still doing those type of series. Sure. Yeah. 30 for 30 is the best thing ESPN has done in a long time. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Bill Simmons. Yeah, I need to, I need to finish watching uh, that OJ series. I haven't even... Uh, I watched... I think I, I watched like the second one or some shit. Like I haven't watched it front to back. I, I want to watch it front to back. Yeah, that shit is crazy. So yeah, so um, 
I'll be really curious to see if they do that one mm-hmm. because then at that time all the kids they will they'll be about they'll be thirty something. Nah, nah, they'll be like twenty three. They'll be like twenty three, twenty two. I thought you said twenty. If they, if they did ten years from from the when it happened. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay, ten years from when it happened. Yeah, they'll, they'll be like twenty. They'll be like twenty two, right, twenty three. Right. Yeah, because they're all well. They'll, they'll be anywhere between twenty one. To 22, 23. Yeah. Because my boy, Matt, he used to play in Jackie Robinson. And he was like, I mean, he grew up kind of in Beverly. And he was saying kids, like the Evergreen Park coaches from like when they'd be playing up at Kennedy Park and stuff, like they used to try to recruit them to pay for Evergreen Park. Mm -hmm. Even though they didn't live in Chicago and shit like that, you know. But yeah. I mean, that's the way you was just describing half your family went to high school or went to, you know, went to grammar school by doing that shit. So. And that's why I remember when I would see, you know, the articles pop up about when, uh, you know, the, the, the tire got stripped away and stuff like that. And people were talking, you know, negatively about the parents. Like, why would a parent, like, you know, lie about where their kid lives just to play in some baseball league? Like, that's still like, no. Like, because, you know, it's no different than if a parent who lives in a bad neighborhood with, sh- with shitty schools while they would try to use somebody else's address to get their kid to a better school right. for kindergarten because they know the base foundation of what that sure. kid goes to when they're in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, blah, blah, that will literally suffer a chain effect for the rest of the education for the rest of their lives because they won't be playing catch up for the rest of their lives. Right. Same thing in baseball where if I'm a parent and I know the neighborhood league where I live isn't that good. You know, maybe I have some type of knowledge about how baseball sure. should be ran or something like that. But I know the league a few miles away where I'm not in that district is a lot better. And I want to give my kid, as a parent, every chance to be good at the sport mm-hmm. he wants to play that, that he deserves. If I have to falsify an address to go do it, so be it. Sure. You know, whatever. I'm giving my kid a chance. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not being selfish on the parent part because the parents get nothing out of it. Right. You know, you're trying to give your kid a chance. You know? Yeah. That, that's the way I look at it. It's disappointing. But they played they play really good ball that year. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, um, it, was, it was a big thing. I mean, I, I had no idea. I mean, I actually, I still have all the newspaper clippings that I, that I saved from that time. I still have. I, actually, I went to uh, I went to Pennsylvania twice. No, three times. Yeah, I went to Pennsylvania three times to go see him play. That's what's up. Yeah, it's crazy. Why does baseball have guaranteed contracts, and why can they draft players out of high school, but the other uh, the other leagues can't? Yeah, you know, um, I've had discussions uh, with people about this because people always made such a hoopla about NBA, you know, drafting high school guys. Where I mean, in baseball. Tons of guys get drafted out of high school. Yep. Only thing is, they may never make it to the major leagues, or you won't see them in the major leagues till three, four, or five years later. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Like, there, there's no really good reason I have why it's done that way. But baseball takes a long time to develop. So, like, if everybody had to get drafted when they were 21, 22, and then still go through two, three, four years of the minor league system, then you'll have guys who wouldn't be rookies until they were. Rookies in the major leagues until they were 25, 26, and their careers would be a lot shorter because all that mileage you put in your body, when you, you know, before you even get to the big leagues, and you know, by the time your career is done, you're already like, you know, 30 plus, but instead of playing 15 years, you only played nine years, that type of deal. Hmm. It, it, that, that would change, that would definitely probably change that dynamic in a sense. Is minor league ball, because it seems to be serving the same purpose. Athletic wise, as playing college basketball to play minor league baseball, correct? 
I had, had to get you ready for the next level. Yeah. Is there a certain amount of years that you have to play minor league? Mm-hmm. Are there any players that go from high school to the majors? Not straight up. No, you, you'll, you'll spend some time in minor leagues. The best bet you have is to play college ball, get drafted as a college junior in June, and be in the major leagues by September. Like, for instance, there's a kid, uh, the draft has happened uh, just like a week and a half ago, two weeks mm-hmm. ago, for the major league baseball. Right. There was a kid from Simeon High School who uh, went to Louisville and played there. He was drafted number five overall. And he got like a $4.1 million signing bonus, whatever. And he'll, as long as he does good, wherever he, they put him in the minor leagues, I believe there's a good chance he'll end up in the major leagues by the end of this year. Because what happens is um, the major at the major league level, he got drafted by Milwaukee Brewers. At the major league level, the Milwaukee Brewers aren't doing that good. Right. So when the, so when the season's coming to an end, like that last month of the season, what's the point of having veterans or guys who been playing all year still playing when the season's pretty much over? Like, sure. you're, you're, like you're, just, you're just playing out the rest of your schedule. So what they do is they have what they call September call-ups and allow those to be guys who are rookies and they get their first chance in the major leagues that last month of the year. Got it. So, so that is that because he, he's already 21 so something like that would happen for a guy like him where he'll be 21 and he'll be he'll go from playing college ball to playing big league big league baseball in a matter of two months that, that could happen for him now that's not to say that after he gets up for that month that he'll be a regular in the major leagues for the rest of his career right he might depending on how he does and depending on who they have coming back and depending on if they feel like they don't want him like you know um, being overexposed too rapidly and stuff, like you know maybe that that last month he didn't do as good as they hoped he would they so they may put him back in the minor leagues that next year to start off and then he'll get called back up again and then work his way into being like a regular player every day type of thing. I want you to give me like a heavy like conspiracy answer like because there's more black people in in the NBA and NFL and there's not. And, but then there's so many like Latino players. I mean, honestly, um, I feel like I feel like part of it, you can have black kids playing, but even more so, you have to have black people who are running running the show. Mm-hmm. You have to have black people who are owners, who are managers, who are coaches, who are scouts. You have to have black people in all those facets. And just outright, there's only so many black people in the country to begin with. Sure. I mean, we're only ten percent of the population, whatever, right. whatever we are. You know, Chris Rock always makes that joke. He's like, you know, black people in New York, L.A., D.C., Chicago, like, you know, 10 places. Right, right. A lot of places you go in the country, if it's, if, if, if it's not a major metropolitan city, ain't no black folks there. You know, so, and one of the things I noticed from playing professional baseball, if there was a black coach, you usually had black players. Because there was somebody there to fight for those black players, and they wanted to release them or not keep them, blah, blah, blah. There was somebody there to say, hey, no, I want, we, want, we need to keep that guy because of blah, blah, blah. If you don't have anybody there who looks like you, who wants to keep you, a lot of times it can be a tough battle. You know, I remember um, I played for a team in uh, Newark, New Jersey, the Newark Bears, and our assistant manager was a guy named Tim Raines. Tim Raines, black guy, he played in the major leagues for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. He played for the White Sox, the Expos, some other teams, and he was our manager. He was our assistant manager, and that team I played on that year probably had to be one of, if not the most diverse professional baseball team in the country that year. Mm-hmm. We had, I played center, I'm African-American. We had a Dominican guy play right. 
We had a white kid play left. We had a black kid at short. We had a black kid at first. We had a Mexican guy at second base. And we had a, um, I think who played third. Was he Dominican or white? We had, we had a Dominican or white guy playing third. And we had a Hispanic catcher. And we also had another black guy on the team as well, too. And we had some Dominican pitchers and white, more white pitchers, stuff like that. But it was a really diverse group that we had. Hmm. You know, that was, be, that was because, and I saw very quickly on any other professional team that we played against, they had a black coach. They usually had black players. Same thing even in college. You know, I coach at Chicago State now. And when I played there, when I first, when I first got recruited to play there, we had a black head coach. And so we had... 25 guys on the team, 13, 14 were black. And by the time I left the program, we had no more black coaches. And when we had, by the time I was a senior, we had four black guys. I didn't even know white kids went to Chicago State. They're all athletes. All athletes. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way, I mean, I'm not going to say that white coaches don't recruit black players, because of course that's not true. Right. But when... Sometimes I even feel like sometimes it may be a trust thing. Like, you know, if you know you have a black head coach coming to your house and talk to you in the south side of Chicago or wherever you live, talk to a right. black high school kid with a black parent, they're, 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 they may be more trusting of sure. you. Are you, are you going to play my kid? Are you going to treat him fairly? Versus a white, kid, a white coach coming to talk to them. You know? Hmm. The vibe could be totally different. You know? Is there a, um, what is like the brain position in baseball? So, like, in regards to, like, football, of course, it would be a quarterback. Basketball is generally a point guard. Uh, anything they say, uh, the catcher. The catcher? Yeah, the catcher has all the field in front of him, so he's the one who can see everything. Hmm. He, he's, like, the, the captain of the field. I guess you could say. Are these ridiculous questions? Like, are these, like, you know, rudimentary questions? I mean, no. Like, if, you, if you don't know the sport, you wouldn't oh, know right. this stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Kelly, we've been talking for an hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. How much Uber money could you have been making right now? Oh, uh, I mean, it's you know, I, I I chose this time because this isn't like this isn't like a, a time to go drive really. This is you know one, between one o'clock to three o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, so it's not like a, a lot popping right oh, now. Okay, so you slid me into your yeah. No, I told you, man. Like when I when I do stuff now, I'm much more conscious of like how my time is because. You know, I eat what I kill. Right. I, don't, I don't have a regular job where I'm about to sit here for these eight hours and get, I got this guaranteed check coming in. Like, no, like, you know, I'm flexible, but I have to be careful how I spend my time. So, like, for instance, if I could help it, I don't go out on dates at all on Friday or Saturday. At all. Right. At all, because that's like... That's prime time. I had a girl who wanted to hang out last week on a Friday night, and I was like, man, like, I can't. Man. Because the way I look at it, you want to hang out from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., I could spend 50 bucks, 70 bucks, 100 bucks, and now, in my mind, I'm going to add that on top of the money that I didn't make. Right. So, between 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., you know, on a Friday night, I could have made 100, 150. That surge price you know? in. So, in my mind, I look, I look at it like, man, this date could cost me 200. Right. Yeah. 250 bucks. That's, that's, that's a $200 swing just for me hanging out with some chick. So I be telling girls like I hung out with a girl on Tuesday, but we we hung out on Tuesday night. Right, right. We hung out Tuesday night, and I, I didn't even I didn't pick her up from her house until like eleven. So Tuesday night, that time of night is dead. Right. You know, so I'm fine doing shit like that because oh I'm gonna make, I I'm not missing out on anything. You know, and besides, I, normally I wouldn't be driving that late on a Tuesday night anyway. I'd be at the crib by that time. Right. 
you know, versus no, nah, Friday night, no, nah, nigga, I ain't getting home until three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. I'm out grinding. Do you have like specialties? Like, okay, like, look, it's Friday. If I kick it with you, you're definitely gonna have to let me put it in your butt. <laughs> or like, you know, like, <laughs> no, I ain't never had a proposition to nobody like that. <laughs> so the only way my time is worth it. Sorry. <laughs> nah, man, but um. Yeah, man, I'm definitely uh, a lot more conscious about, like, you know, when I kick it and stuff like that. Like, when you said you want to do this at noonish, I was like, cool. Like, you know, middle of the day, uh, you know, I ain't going to be doing nothing no way, probably. I'll probably go out. Actually, I haven't driven that much this week. Actually, uh, yesterday was the first day I didn't do an Uber or a Lyft drive. And I hadn't taken a day off since, like, May 20th. Oh, that's not bad. May, June. No, that's not bad. Yeah, so I, I worked for like 30, 35, almost 40 days or whatever it is, 40 days straight. And really, and, I, and the only reason I didn't drive is like after I got done kicking with that Romanian dude, he gave me 100 bucks just for doing all that stuff for him. Oh, okay. So I, like, I still made some money. Today. Right, right, definitely. You know, still tax, tax-free money. That's what's up. And I got a chance to hang out with some, some chicks from a different country. You know, so that was cool. But yeah, but like tonight, tonight's Thursday. So tonight, Thursday, I, I, can, I can kick it a little later if I want to. You know, so um, tonight, depending, depending on how I feel, I can, I can go to 10 p.m., 11 p.m. It's always easier to go later when, when drives keep on, even, even, even if they're short drives, right. when stuff just keeps on happening, versus when you kind of start sitting there for a little bit, or, you know, you park your car and sit, you're like, okay, now I'm getting bored. Right. You know, versus if it's like, as soon as you end the trip, bam, another one, end the trip, bam, another one. You know, time, I've had some nights where I've driven, man, like time flies by. I'll look at my clock like, damn, it's 1 o'clock in the morning? Oh, like, yeah. I could have swore last time I looked, it was 9. Yeah. You just get grooving. Yeah. That thing just start beeping. Boop. Yeah, especially, Boop. yeah. Boop. And then especially if you pick up some cool people where you're talking to them. Yeah, yeah. You know. And, like, you know, it's been times where, like, I've got caught, like, down there around, like, Hubbard, mm-hmm. LaSalle, like, that whole area. And then you'll just, like, keep getting popped, like, just really just taking people three and four blocks. Yeah, you know? Club to club to club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Kellen, man, thank you so much for coming on, bro. This has been like, <laughs> this has been an all over conversation. Nah, no problem, man. Um, hopefully, I mean, you'll probably listen to your own episode. But, you know, take in a couple of the other ones. Oh, well, yeah. You know, why not? You know, yeah, what do you got to lose? Exactly. exactly. You know, what are you doing? You're not watching TV. You're not on the internet. Exactly. It's already on your phone. Right. Boom. You probably can't play it while you're driving for Uber. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, episode 47, The Rojo Show, in the books. My buddy Kellen was on here. Um, probably get him back to do some more, like, classic album comparisons. Yeah. Maybe see how many how many classic albums artists have, you know. Yeah, we can, uh, we can, we can dig in some of my Uber and Lyft stories. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely want to get some more of those. Yeah. But um, you know where you can find me. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, The Rojo Show. Um, as always, hit me up on Gmail, Show at gmail.com. Uh, Rojo on Twitter. Shy Rojo on Instagram. Uh, as always, folks, if you're not sharing, you're not a fan. Peace. <laughs>